Hi everyone, welcome back to the Mr. Prime Minister's podcast. I am your host, Chris. This is my co-host, Matt, who was also my brother. And we may sound alike. I think we addressed that in the first episode. I, I can't remember. Look, I don't mean to be a negative Nelly here, but it does sound like you have a problem saying Mr. Prime Minister podcast. Like, it sounds like you... It sounds like you... I haven't oh, really decided right. whether it's going to be plural or Mr. Prime Minister podcast. So, Mr. Prime Minister's podcast? No, Mr. Prime Minister podcast. Well, what, what's plural? Prime Minister. Ministers. Prime Ministers. Mr. Prime Minister. Mr. Prime Minister. Yeah, okay. I see where there's a confusion there. But anyway. How would you say? Eric, you, you, you did the intro for me now. Um, okay. Welcome back to the. Okay, it's a lot harder than I expected. Yeah. yeah when, it's, when it's forced. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway. I was trying to do a short... Actually, we went way off topic. Let's, let's, let's just get into it. Let's just get into it. Let's just it. do it. Yeah. And... Ready? Let's start again. Let's start again. Yeah, ready? One, two, three. Welcome back to the Mr. Prime Minister's podcast. I'm your host, Chris. Now, is it Mr. Prime Minister's or... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you're gonna have a hard time cutting this one. <laughs> Wait, oh, which one do I use? First minutes done, like gone. Um, <laughs> hi everyone, we're back again. Prime Minister number three for the Mister Prime Minister's podcast. How is everybody? How are you going, Matt? Oh, I still know nothing really more about Prime Minister number three. I've neglected any research as I was instructed to do. So yeah. Yeah, defeat the whole purpose of this podcast. If you did any sort of research, it's actually pretty liberating, I would imagine. What, just being able to rock up, not know anything, and just yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I have it's to. It's worth my twenty five percent split. <laughs> I have to do everything else. Like I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's that's your bag, though. You love that stuff. I, it is my bag. I'm it not, really is my bag. I'm just not about that. I'm not. A, I said to a guy today, I'm not a documentation kind of guy. I kind of like it, you know. But like it's. It's not something you ever look forward to, research. It's like, ugh. But when you get into it, and I've, I've said this before, once you get into it, you, you, you just go down a rabbit hole and you just find some interesting shit, man. Do you think you find that much interesting shit? Yeah. Well, we'll find out today, especially for our um, man of the hour. And it is a, it is a man. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's another man. It's going to be a man for a little while. Yeah, at least I until imagine. we get to like the late 20s or like... In the twenties of pod to, uh, of prime ministers, oh, as in number, as in of number prime, of prime ministers, like, yeah, like, like the nineteen twenties. No, I'm like, there's, yeah. there's some milestone they just blacked out of the records or something. Imagine that. Like in my research, I, I come across like um, this one time, like they actually had a, a female prime minister for a day. Yeah, a day. Like, yeah, out of some, like some emergency um, like legislation they had to pull out and, and, and she somehow became prime minister. For she a was day. in the last person in the office that day <laughs> Yeah, in the typing pool. It wasn't, definitely wasn't for her, um, her abilities or her intellect or at the time it would have just been an accident. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's no other way. Uh, now today we're talking about, um, Mr. Watson, he, uh, full name, John Christian Watson, uh, third prime minister of Australia was only in there for less than six months, four months to be exact, Far which up. is insane. Um, there's a lot of first. He still, he still did a lot of things. Surprisingly, a lot of firsts. <laughs> oh, okay. For him. Yeah. Um, but before I before we jump in, 
I was cutting the first episode um, of this like for, for Evan Barton and I remember well I, I don't remember I listened I listened to, to the uh, start of the podcast and you mentioned um, Federation of New Zealand right and we kind of I kind of brushed over it because it's like this is not related to anything but I kind of was like interested in what how New Zealand federated and you get, this is really interesting did they federate before Australia? They actually didn't technically federate. They just kind of just happened. It just happened for them. They, and to this day, no one knows exact date when they federated. Well, when they became independent. <laughs> what? Yeah. There's you look no it up. Date. There's like, um, there's, it's, it's um, debated by academics to this day about what events gave uh, New Zealand its full independence. And Australia is like very different. We had it like a specific date. We voted on it and a story. But New Zealand didn't have that. Like, there are a number of different things, like, when they were introduced to, like, the League of Nations, um, like, it was just basically the eroding of, like, the the system between the UK and New Zealand over, like, a, a century, to the point where they're, like, they just kind of separated. It's so funny. But doesn't, like, the Queen just sign off on this stuff? Doesn't the Queen go, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, yeah but it's kind of like, it wasn't a kind of clear cut, like this is the day we, we cut ties with New Zealand. It was kind of like, what they, what they call it is a constant evolving constitutional status throughout. <laughs> Isn't that interesting though? Like they don't yeah. have, and to this day, they, uh, people argue what exactly led to New Zealand be, kind of becoming separate, a separate is, nation. I mean, my question is, right, if you can't say for a certainty that it happened, did it happen? Like, are they independent? Well, they, yeah, they still they can still go back and go, hey, we've had all these rights, we have um, all these uh, all these things we can do without the need of UK coming in and saying, no, you can't do that. Basically, yeah. And it and it got to a point where we go, oh, we can do anything now. <laughs> we got our own got our own currency. Um, our own, like they recognised us as being an independent nation in the League of Nations as well. Like this is the early UN. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, I thought that was fascinating. It is very, very interesting. There's a whole Wikipedia article. I recommend you look it up. Uh, look it up and, and have a read. No, I don't. You should do it. But I, um, I had an interesting thought because, like, it's it just goes to show that countries are like relationships, right? Because you can have like a fiery, kind of, very unmutual and explosive divorce, right, or breakup. Like you know what happened in America. Sure. Yeah. Or even Australia, like, it was kind of very stark. It's like this is the end date movie shit out like we're, we're doing our own thing yeah we'd have a war but yeah. yeah but but also relationships can be like you just kind of fall out of love naturally it happens over time it kind of it, it's something that you know you don't really talk about and then eventually they're living in the next room and then eventually you don't <laughs> see them in the morning and then eventually they record you know like so yeah all right <laughs> right i thought yeah. that was very poetic yeah no i like that yeah yeah this reminds me of our dad <laughs> oh god <laughs> cut that moving bit. on cut, cut that bit, cut that bit. <laughs> Um, Chris Watson. So he was born born John Christian Watson, but uh, he was known as Chris Watson. Um, I'm going to go through some of the firsts for for Chris. All right. So he's still the youngest prime minister. At? at 37. Pretty young. Pretty young, yeah. That's like, what's our oldest? Two years years for me, like two years away from me being 35. Like, yeah, that's amazing that he did that. Um, he was the first Australian Labour Prime Minister. Okay. So we've got a new party coming in. Um, first Labour Prime Minister anywhere in the world. So this is the first 
uh, first leader of a labor uh, or kind of socialist party to lead a nation anywhere in the world. And it hadn't happened before. Hmm. Um, what, what years was he, or I mean, what four-month period? I can't remember what we got up to with the last prime minister. Uh, this is in 1904. Yep. Um, so, yeah, not... So, Deacon kind of quit. Um, and he had a hissy fit because he couldn't get this bill over the line, which I'll get to in a second because that's kind of the reason why Chris has come, come about. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and it's also the reason why it was his downfall in the end. That's why he only, he couldn't, he couldn't really achieve anything. He was, a, it was a bit of a deadlock. Um, at this stage, there were three parties, three major parties in um, the House of Reps. So you had like, you had the, I was going to say, you know, I was going to like, a, I was going to say the Separatists and you got the Federation and you got the Jedi. It's kind of like that. <laughs> like the nerdiest fucking reference I could ever make. <laughs> I actually was going to say Separatists so dumb i'm so ashamed of myself right now <laughs> they weren't even like a political party were they like i mean yeah they kind of were they, they just were. they they were they were like no no no. they were like a separate separatist nation like they were like they carved that's like if that's that's good enough they want to become their own country yeah well yeah. no no sorry i'm talking about star wars yeah i know but that's what i'm saying they want to become <laughs> their own area of space then you know what i mean there's not like uh it's a it's like a anyway yeah screw it so you got the free trade guys the protectionist guys and labor and they yep. all had kind of equal share of, and so that's why they couldn't get anything done like nothing could get really done at all because they all argued and um no one had a balance of power yep um I, another thing i want to mention is like throughout history early history so a funny thing in Australia is that um, the Labour Party, which is like our progressive, still around today, it's our progressive left-leaning party, right? Kind of like the Democrats in the States. Um, and, you know, obviously it has the Labour ties with the unions and things like that. But, <laughs> and this is, I feel like this is like very Australian thing. So we spell Labour, L, for the, for the Labour Party, L-A-B-O-R, right? Which is the American version, mm. right? Of, of the spelling. Yeah. But when we when we spell labor here, when we refer to, you know, work effort, uh, it's L A B O U R. Right? Yeah. But back then they didn't care. They just spelled one year. They'll spell it L A B O R. And then one, and then another, and then like the next month, someone will spell the party as L A B O U R. What the? F- what yeah. They- and so they couldn't, they couldn't decide. And then no one really knew who came up with, all right, this is, this is the convention. This is what we're going to stick with. It was just kind of like whoever was in charge, that was the way that um, you had to write labor. I thought it was so Aussie. It was like, oh, what's your what's your name? Like, what's your political party? Labor. Uh, How do you spell it? How do you think? Just, spell, just put it on the just put it on the ballot, man. <laughs> People know what you're talking about. They, I mean, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but you know what? I, I would have done. I mean, if if trolls existed, then I'm sure they did in some capacity, right? Is you start your own political party and you whatever whatever version of labor they were using you use the other version of labor do you think that they could have got away with that at the time you know i wonder if you can do that like i'm the i'm the labor party right oh you are you could do that now yeah the, anyway. um so i'm gonna go a little bit into his bio as we always do we want to try and start from the beginning where he, but this is very relevant because this this kind of features it 
um, into his mythology a little bit later in life, especially when he's when he's like dead and gone. Mm-hmm. So he, Chris, he was born in um, Chile. Okay, can you be? Is that a thing? Uh, yeah, he yeah. You well, can't he, now be a Australian prime minister and be born. In a I don't think so. Foreign country. I think constitutionally, it's but he kept it a secret. <laughs> yeah. I guess they didn't have a lot of um, you know resources to look into that sort of stuff in 1904. Yeah, but he he grew he he was born in Chile, but he grew up in New Zealand, so he had a New Zealand accent. Um, <laughs> so he didn't. I mean, he wasn't born here. One. Two then was in and was raised in a country not that was that was not Australia, and when did he come to Australia? When was his first jaunt over over to the uh, land girt by sea? I don't know. It must have been pretty early in his life because he yeah he he grew up there and was able to like develop an accent. But right. Like, okay. I don't think he didn't have long. a he didn't have a New Zealand list when he came over here ran for prime minister and got it well actually we're going to get into it but i would like to know how he became did he get elected or did he take over from deacon after he like i don't know did deacon leave and did he chuck a barton and just retire yeah pretty (laughs) pretty much well he he retired well he couldn't he couldn't progress and he asked uh i'll get into this later but he asked the governor general for a double dissolution and uh he said no and for all those out there who want to know what a double dissolution is including myself it's like it's like the um, what's that? It's it's kind of like a reset button for for a government, essentially, right? It's it's a button you press when you can't get any bills passed, and so everyone's like, "Fuck it, go to election." So they a double dissolution means that you dissolve the House of Reps and the Senate, and everyone has to go back to the ballot. At it's, any point during prior to an election cycle, right? Like it doesn't have to be. Before, just after, or just before? No, no, it could happen. Like it could have been a week a ago. In. It could have been a week ago, and they're like, "Ah, oh, shit, it's not working." <laughs> it's like, give it some time, yeah. guys. <laughs> so normally they'd they'd give it a little bit of time before they start doing that. But yeah, okay, we, we had one not too long ago. Uh, which which double, double dissolution? But which government? Like, who is the prime minister? That I can't remember. There's so many. I haven't got that far. But I mean. <laughs> You're like I've erased you're the one all... referencing something that just happened, just happened <laughs> yeah, as well. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. It just happened. It, it did happen. I mean, I'm pretty sure we had, we had to go know. back to the ballot again. Anyway, um, but it's happened a couple of times. Famously, it happened in the '70s with Gough, Whit- Gough Whitlam. Spoiler alert. Um, that was a big. Feature. I know that guy. I've heard of that so guy. Yeah. He, Gough Whitlam, did something big. He did something big. He introduced some kind of social social security uh, system or he in, introduced superannuation or yeah, like, super he did super see uh, yeah we he go. did a number of things um he made university free um because everyone every fucking baby boomer has to talk about that with the fact that university was free back in their day and i don't know why they keep bringing it up it doesn't work in their favor they were like well, yeah it was better for you great awesome <laughs> thanks boomers <laughs> hey do you also like you must know like it's going to be after we've done all the episodes, you could probably list every single prime minister. Um, I'm making mental notes now. Yeah. So go, so start, start now. Go. So Edmund Deacon Watson. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or Barton Deacon Watson. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, I don't know why. I like Edmund. Uh, Edmund's such a knight. Like it's almost like a second yeah. name anyway, like a surname anyway. Yeah. So yeah, Barton um, Deacon Watson, most probably most attractive uh, prime minister so far. Cut. You know, they like the cut of his jib. Awful, awful speaker, but they liked the look of him. Really, he wasn't a great orator. No. Okay. Uh, young Deacon who entered. Uh... Oh, sorry, Young Deacon. Oh, that's a miss. That's a miss. Uh, that's a typo there. No, he said he entered Parliament and he was an impressive figure. Six foot, tall, dark hair. Um, I love that six foot is, like, oppressive. You said oppressive or impressive? Oh, wait, I think I'm reading from Deacon. I think this is my old notes. I think I'm actually reading Deacon's. <laughs> I was like... Oh, wait. I was like, coincidentally, he was also six foot. I'm pretty sure that was something that you read about Deacon. Yeah, I think that was... Um, his nickname was Aussie Chris. I think he went around and called himself Aussie Chris. He really wanted to, like, push, hide the fact that he was yeah. from Chile. Which he kept secret from all his life. No one knew until he died. Um, so he re- he was really, uh, really on board with the uh, the Australia experiment, uh, for lack of a better word. But which is interesting, and it comes into this plays big into his kind of career as a politician later later down the track. Yeah, see, look, he's an attractive guy. Is that the case? Like attractive for that era he, or like I think so but I'm not saying he's not attractive I'm but like De- but Deacon Deacon was attractive as well but like uh, that they, they made the, like Watson they they made uh, remarks about how impressive figure that he was like Chris especially um, yeah okay. yeah like a lot of labor guys didn't like federation didn't want it um, they all thought all of labor thought that um the constitution was undemocratic in their minds. But only been there for four years. Yeah, and the party was only created. So the protectionists and the um, the free trade guys have been around for a lot longer as, as a, like a political systems in their own rights, right? I think the Labour Party, by the time Chris was elected, had been around for only for less than 10 years. Like nine years, I think, at Labour Party had been around. Because it was a new concept, like they were all very much based on socialist values and, um, uh, you know, the working class. Yeah, you think that wouldn't be a foreign concept for Australians? Where it the was. majority of people would have been working class, right? Oh, that people lost their minds when he got when he um, took up the mantle of prime minister. People thought that they were going to abolish marriage. They thought that Labor Party was so like against Australian values so against like uh, democratic values that they were going to start like just dismantling foundational aspects and I guess I can understand where that comes from too because I reckon I reckon you know I think I probably said this in previous episodes but like you know the people of the day would have been a little bit more easily led yeah a little less access to information right you say that someone is against Marriage and it takes a lot longer to dispel that. You know, they've got to get in. They're going to dismantle the, you know, the institution of marriage, and you're going to go, yeah. oh, well. I mean, why would anyone care now? I don't think anyone cares now. But shit hasn't changed, man. Because like, um, it was all from the media. Like all this, all this commentary was uh, fueled by all the all the newspapers back then. Yeah, they were really pushing it uh, and, and kind of doing the fear mongering. Um, but yeah, like literally, but I guess, you know, it's, it's so funny how it's, how things hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. Like if a new political party came along and like, they were pretty reasonable, everyone would be like, 
actually what can you what can you propose that'd be like batshit crazy that now people will be like that's crazy go away like, like elevated to the moon or something like that <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> like, but see i'd be on board for that so labor did very well the election what did you say deacon said about them so he 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 thought they were on the right like he thought they were a force to be reckoned with and um he 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 but he knew how to play them he knew he was like and this it's funny because like there were a lot of chris obviously brought in a lot of firsts and uh you know really had a go at it but he really got played by deacon in the long run Oh, and yeah, he? yeah, it's really interesting, man. So, but oh, because Deacon was in three times. That's right. So we're, right, we've up, only been we've only been down the path of once. So, yeah. Okay. Um. So Deacon will come in back very soon. Not, not, not after <laughs> Chris, but okay. I was gonna say almost, four months or so. But yeah. Well, the next prime minister isn't very in for very long either. Yeah. But, but he did say this about the rise of the Labour Party. He said, um, "Yeah, the rise of the Labour Party politics is more significant and more cosmic than the Crusades." What? What? Then the Chris- oh wait, yeah, Deacon was a bit of a religious guy, wasn't he? Um, he more magical, did you say? More significant, significant than the Crusades, and more cosmic. I love that's a very Deacon word. I think cosmic. He's very. I don't even get the meaning of that. Is this just one of those ye old English type things that I'm just not? Because I just don't get like what was he, what's he what's he driving at? Cosmic and more significant than the Crusades. He's like, gas, he's gassing them up, man. He's like, you guys are doing really well. Come on, that's but, great. But, but he's saying he's playing them. Yeah. To what end is he gassing yeah. them up? Like, is he is he hoping like their ego will rise so f- higher than fall so hard? Is I'm just like trying to figure well, out the I game. I think legitimately, then. like in all honesty, he probably because they did so well in the election, and they could rival um, foundational political parties um in a matter of like less than a decade i think and for a time where things move so fucking slow he's probably like oh that's that's impressive i think that's what it comes down to but he's kind of like going like they all do in the back day back in the day like they had just had everything had to be, have a bit of poetry to it yeah fair enough he's also probably signaling to everyone else that you know it's, it's pretty much like a lookout and not, you know maybe let's gather our strength kind of thing i think that too yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Deacon Deacon uh, steps down. He can't get this one bill. This one bill. Um, you know, we're talking about Australia being found like coming into its own, <laughs> and being compared to like America, where like three or four wars have been fought, and then now like. Their biggest thing is like this bill called the Conciliation and Arbitration Bill. No one could agree on uh, this one particular point. And basically it was just a bill to allow basically um, public servants um, to have certain rights, basically. But Labor wanted to include state um, government employees on the bill. And no one, and everyone else said no. Nah. Even Deacon. Deacon basically quit because of it. He didn't want. He didn't want to include um, state employees. Federal, state, but not state. Yeah, no, no more. No state employees should be considered to be under like have these additional rights to basically like um, uh, go on strike and you know have like certain um, 
work and labor laws, kind of, you know. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, just, rights and things like that. Yeah, just to limit the amount of impact it might have on the country's ability to... To like, function. Yeah, to function. And they've had, like, other things going on at this time with other groups, you know, striking and, 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 and all that. So it's probably front of mind for them, and it's probably very important um, for a country that's kind of coming into its own... Yeah, uh, and like, where does it stand, and where do, what are most people doing, and how are they working, and all that. So, do you think that I, you know, what I think? I think that probably it it might be unrelated, but I reckon there's a a little bit still to that today, the um, superior superiority of the federal public servant. Yeah, to to the state public servant. I oh, honestly yeah. like if you've got the if you've got the lanyard that's got the federal, <laughs> you know the Australian um, coat of arms on it. You, it's, you and I know this because I worked in state mm. government and I worked in federal government. Where did you work, state government? ACT, ACT, um, um, the worst one. Sorry, <laughs> the worst one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I didn't, I'm more of a Tasmanian government. Who knows? Um, but yeah, they. Um, it's very like. It's literally coveted. Moving mm. to federal government is like a step up, in general. Well, it's weird. But I what know. What are you doing in state government? You're like looking after a well. <laughs> you look after hospitals and, <laughs> uh, you know, local matters. You're I fill in filling potholes. Yeah, ACT Health is yeah. separate to federal health, but yeah. I can see why Deacon's like, nah, and don't give nah, me rights. Don't... No, he wanted to give them rights, didn't he? No, Deacon didn't want. Deacon didn't want. To. Watson wanted. Watson wanted to give yeah, him rights. Watson, oh, yeah, yeah Labour. So yeah. Um, so, but Deacon was like this master strategist. He's like, this thing's not going to go anywhere. And knowing that, um, and this is what they call it's a this is a cricket terminology because they all fucking love cricket, and I I don't really know what it is, but it's like the cricket field with three elevens. So I think it's just basically saying three teams. There's three teams uh, in the field. Yes. Um, the only reference to 11 in cricket is Prime Minister's 11. So I get, there's a link there. Yeah. That's the only one I know. Your Prime Ministers love cricket. I think they all, I think you, if you, to be Prime Minister, you have to love cricket. I, I mean, feel like. D- is that the case? Or at least be perceived as loving cricket? <laughs> or oh, but, but I, saw, I saw John Howard try and bowl a ball once. Oh, man. And I'm pretty sure Field. Rudd and it's like the it's like the first pitch thing that Americans have, yeah. right? Where the pr- oh. president goes and tries to throw the first pitch. Just remembering that, yeah, jo- uh, yeah, John Howard threw that ball. Oh, the man. the bowl, he like, but his arm, his Was shoulder. Was it Howard or Rudd? H- Howard, I'm sure Rudd did it too. Yeah, like I'm sure I'm literally think it's like one of those like, you know, president throws the first pitch at the first game of the season type things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Deacon was and uh, but he knew he could yeah maneuver around this because it wasn't going to go anywhere until um, there was more a balance of power somewhere or someone took it right. Mm-hmm. So he bided his time. He stood. He stood. He stood aside. He stood aside in April two thousand uh, two thousand nineteen oh four and um, and made way for for Watson to come in. Who didn't last past July? Yeah, so April <laughs> didn't even make it out of winter. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so that's when the papers. So when Watson um, was entered in as prime minister, like the papers lost their minds. Um, the yeah unrestrained socialist government they're throwing around. 
Um, one paper said this is going to be a greater disaster than half a dozen droughts. Half a dozen. Australia knows droughts oh, too, yeah. so to say that's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. You think you know droughts? <laughs> come, to stra- come to Australia. Did I ever tell you about this story about no. I was in America? I'll tell you the story. It's like real quick, but we're yeah, in a, we're in a bar and we're talking to a couple of um of people, and we're in California, and it was like 2015, so they were in a drought. They were in a drought, and I asked them. So they're like complaining, like it's the worst thing in the world, blah blah blah. I'm like, I, I like didn't even know you guys were in a drought. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's been going on for ages. And my like, how long's been going on for? And they're like, oh, like 18 months. And I'm like, mate, I remember being in a drought from the time I started primary school to yes. like essentially. The high year school. I got out of high school, it was the first year I was working in public service, and then I saw the, you know, the signs on the side of the road that were like dam levels. Yeah. It was that like less than five percent for like a year. We were so happy when the rain came. Back. Remember? Yeah. It, it rained like, for like six days straight, and it just like filled the dam up. It was like a decade of drought. Yeah. It, it was, was like for most that, of our childhood, we couldn't flush the toilet. Yeah, like it was just like all the restrictions on um watering a garden oh, yeah they had um like they had narcs out there that's like, right Call, you... dob do, on your mate kind of like <laughs> did they clean their car yeah outside of the with a hose not a, a bucket not a bucket that's right yeah you couldn't, you couldn't wash your car with a hose yeah and they were just like no it didn't i'm like all right yeah you your drought's real bad a year and a half talk to me in six years yeah <laughs> anyway but um, they were like labor was like treated like as terrorists coming in and like taking well over they the were joint. new they were unknown you know, the establishment didn't really like their concepts because they were yeah, radically well, different. They were radically different, was would a you new, argue? Yeah, it was a new, completely political philosophy too. Was the communism... I mean, communism was a thing, like, around then, and I don't know how widely understood it might have been or, or if it was even called communism. I don't know. I'm going to go back and say well, it's socialism's, not. like, the, the, the umbrella. Is it really? Like, so, I guess... Mm. Socialism didn't coin sorry communism didn't coin the term. No, uh, communism is like a form of socialism. socialism. Yeah, it's yeah. an extreme form, right? So, yeah. so even in America, they've got socialist things like you know people pay for a federal, uh, you know, like a community police force and fire. Well, not even community, like a a federal police force. Well, actually, that's no, that's not true. But like they they are paying for a socialist outcome, basically. Yeah, like they're paying for. A service that everyone collectively pays for you know that's a very dumbed down version but like yeah, essentially they're doing that when your labor just wants more of that yeah but uh but they're i think they're worried that like they're gonna the working class is gonna like revolt like, rise just, up yeah rise up and just take over well after you know however many hundreds if not thousands of years of the of the working class having literally no power it would probably be a bit of a concern don't you think yeah I, I mean, I would be concerned if I was some privileged guy in some position of power and been like, wait, we're opening this up to everybody now? Everyone can join this club? Yeah, but, like, I don't know. It seemed... I just get the impression that most people are farmers. So why not? Right? Well, I mean, again, if you've, if you've been consistently told, generationally, that you are superior than your farmer counterparts, then you probably are a little bit concerned about their ability to lead a government, right? Yeah, anyway, who knows? What The thinking at the time was probably quite different to what we are anticipating anyway. Yeah. All right, so back to Watson. Um, so 
people did like the cut of his jib. Um, people, even though he wasn't very around for very long, people did respect that. Um, even though he wasn't the greatest speaker, he had some good ideas. Um, he was a very good dip- diplomat, and he was the right person for the right time. He was young, fresh, and that's that's kind of the face they needed for for the party and also the country. Um, but I will say um, that when he when he arrived, people were still impressed with him, like even even with his own party. So like another prime minister. Um, who wasn't elected yet, Hughes, spoiler alert, um, he said that his first cabinet meeting, um, and I, I, I feel like this is kind of like looking it back with like rose-tinted glasses, and again, it's kind of like those flourishes that they used back in the day, like everything had to like be imbued with poetry. And also like, it is like a new thing, like so when you're talking about a, a prime minister of that, everyone's like probably conscious of like they're making history, right? So everything they say is going to be written down. So they're like, point, yeah. So you think it's like, oh, I better have that in the back pocket. Crusades, yeah, I'll think about that, you know. <laughs> right? It's such a weird thing to just have off the top of your head. <laughs> Imagine if it was said now. Yeah, this is bigger than the Crusades. Like, it still has the same effect. Like, it's it's still crazy to say it. It was crazy then. Yeah. It's crazy now. Yeah, because cru- Crusades were, like, still long ago back then. Yeah, it's like, it does, so it's, like, it's really insignificant the amount of time has passed since, like, compared to when the Crusades occurred, right? Yeah. It's just crazy. Anyway, continue. Uh, this is what Hughes said about Watson. He's like, all eyes were riveted on him. He was worth going miles to see. He dressed for the part. His Van Dyke beard was exquisitely groomed. His abundant brown hair smoothly brushed. His remnant... His remnant, remnant, I think that's like a piece of clothing, was a, v- a vertebral poem, a superb morning coat and vest set off by dark striped trousers, beautifully creased and shyly revealing, shyly revealing the kind of socks that young men dream about what? and shoes to match. He was perfectly, he was a perfect picture of statesman, the leader. Yeah, I really didn't know about this shocks, sock shortage of the day young boys coveting other men's socks right okay it sounds like someone's like walked into a room in like a novel like you know what i mean like it's like a Stephen like King a book dickens and, novel oh yeah probably closer to that yeah and i just walked in the room and um he's about to do something great i wonder and this is probably not something you can answer if this is a common way to write back then in terms of like of a person would you write i mean i guess so because photographs would have been few and far between yeah right so you would have written more descriptors than had because you know you wouldn't write an article today that was like they were dressed in i think there's a couple of things and this is speculation um the way they write is probably very different to the way they spoke and so the way they write is probably they're all taught the same way right they've got the one very basic education system it's very based on the uk so they're kind of like they're kind of really like very classical education so they're they're basing uh, they're probably just read shakespeare and they're like that's it that's That's, all you need to know that's how you talk yep (laughs) or say right and then like you go to australia and then they're all like like probably more bogan and ocker than than we are now honestly like back in the day yeah you reckon this is how they wrote but that way they actually spoke this is not doesn't betray the way they actually spoke well well he had a New Zealand accent, so I mean, it'd be horrible to listen to. I think that's probably he's probably self-conscious, right? That's why he wasn't a good speaker. Like they, everyone agreed, he wasn't great. He he, he wasn't like a inspiration. Nah, I mean, but when you compare it to Deacon and even Barton, 
like, how, like imagine that like you're 37 right imagine this 37 you're in a new party first socialist government in the world uh you're secretly hiding the fact that you're a foreigner in a country where the only thing they got up is a white Australia policy, like the most racist policy ever. So you, and also, <laughs> your father's German as well. Like, they're German-Chilean immigrants who okay. lived in New Zealand. And, yeah, you're New Zealander. You speak with a New Zealand accent. I don't think Germans have a bad rap at this stage in the, in the no. histories yet, do they? Like No, but they immigrated everywhere, man. It sounds like they were everywhere. Like, there were, like, so many, like so many immigrated to Chile. I've read that. I've read that there's a significant portion of the U.S. population that identify as German, despite having no German heritage. Oh, I, I just I remember watching um, uh, Colin Quinn. He did a great special on the New York personality, and because the New York personality is like a combination of like literally five or six different nationalities, like including Dutch, German, Italian. Like they're it's all mixed together. Like, like, kind of like, hey, I'm walking here. Kinda. Yeah, <laughs> but like he was, he was like going to the Germans. The Germans brought the deli, the delis, like the delicatessen. That's a German word. And he's saying how, but they brought in, um, you know, the Germans are, are very kind of, and this is well known, like they're very abrupt. And he was saying how he said it was, um, in, in the deli kind of context, it's like efficiency over manners. It's like, okay, come here. What do you want? What do you want? Yeah. And then yeah. he's like, the only place in the world in delis is like, there's a line for people who know what they want. And there's a line for people who don't know what they want. <laughs> and it's, I can just imagine that Germans just being like, just choose. Come on. Come on. Yeah. yeah. I love that about Germans. I, I, I knew a few German exchange students back in the day and they were very much the same with certain things. Right. Mm. And what I found was like it paying for something with money, with cash. They'd like, plop it down on the table in front of the cashier yeah. like no handing i remember talking to them about it and i'm like why don't you hand it to them like you're yeah. giving it to them They're like no Effic- efficiency over manners yeah, that's what we describe on the table there it is yeah it just seemed really funny to me anyway german i didn't know that okay so he's, um, he's german his father was german to say what his mother was i'm assuming german I, I don't know i think it might be yeah i think he's fully white i mean looks pretty white but <laughs> So he was 100% German. I think so. Born in Chile. Born in Chile. Partially raised in New Zealand. I think he said his dad was German. I don't know. Born from a Chilean German. So his mum's Chilean. <laughs> oh, German. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah. So he, he didn't do a lot, dude. That, that's it. That's all I've got on his prime ministership. Uh, I'll read how it ended, though. Okay. Uh, so I think I mentioned he he wanted a double dissolution. Didn't get nah. it. Didn't nah. Um, refused. Um, so he was unable to command a majority in the House of Reps, which means you're fucked basically. Like politically, you can't do anything. So everyone gets you out. They all want you out. You're, so your he, own party wants you out at that point, right? Because uh, you no. can't do anything. No, I mean obviously they wanted to stay, but they probably know the writing's on the wall, and uh, so he resigned. Um, resigned the premiership less than four months after taking the office. But that means it falls to the next person in his party still, though, right? No, because they can't... Um, because they can't delegate. Well, they can't um, decide. Um, 
It goes to... I think it goes to an election, I think. No, they, they decide. Don't they? It goes, like, Deputy Prime Minister, right? Which would theoretically be from your own party. I resign, goes the deputy. Like, I, I don't know. know the constitution, know. but the, surely it's in there. I don't okay, know. Who was the next prime minister? Reed. So Reed became the next prime minister. And what party did he belong to? He was a free trader, I'm pretty sure. So how does that work? Yeah, no, right? They just took, took all took turns. Like, it's like, well, you can't do it, then you you can. Okay. Well, they, I mean, like, there was, a pretty, I think, a pretty even balance. So they think, um, yeah, if you can't do it, then they just pass it on to the next person i want to put to the i don't i couldn't find any details about what like how exactly the the how it processes came out. Of yeah the, i want to put it to the listeners you know if there's a comment section below this chuck in the comments how how does the next prime minister get chosen if one resigns yeah look even wikipedia is like okay so watson resigned so reed became prime minister right well how like, like i couldn't method Maybe uh, look. I couldn't find it. Can you go to Reed's Wikipedia page? I did, see, yeah. But is Reed was Reed deputy prime minister for some unknown reason? No, they would they wouldn't know. No, he was the first former state premier to become prime minister. That's interesting. That's Reed, not Watson. So we're off topic. Okay, so um, are we on Watson now, or are we still are we going to Reed? No, no, we're still on Watson. But I wanted to like. Um, uh, he took a train ride home, and I just wanted to like. Wait, what? Yeah, I just wanted to... to. He he basically just quit and then just went home. <laughs> Waked up a train home. Because it was like... So Parliament was in Melbourne, but he's Sydney-based. So he took a train back to Sydney. You know, got off at... Right. Aubrey. It was got just like... Got, a, got, got off at Aubrey and got onto the Sydney train. Got onto the Sydney... Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. Street, the Tariffs. Gauges. Yeah. Yep. Tariffs. <laughs> <laughs> Which didn't get resolved until the, like, 70s or something. We got we still got, like, 65 years of tariffs. Um, um, I, I like this commentary, though. Um, so Watson left office with the same dignity he had brought to the Parliament for years. He left re- uh, recriminations to others, quietly attended his resignation, caught the train back to Sydney, and went on a well-earned holiday to Wiseman's Ferry with his wife. Uh, yeah, he, he badly needed a break. A series of stressful years at the head of a young and clamorous party, culminating in several intense months of power, had by his own admission left his nerves in tatters. So it's like a four-month whirlwind. I mean... Four just, months. I mean... Edmund Barton got the whole country to friggin' confederate. Yeah, come on, man. Over like 16 years. And you and you fucking die over a stupid bill? One bill? Don't Can get me you, wrong, you, you weren't going to last that long if you couldn't get that bill. Like, if that... The, the, was that like the basis for their... Well, it's funny because like... Running? So Reed and... Deacon didn't want the, um, it didn't want like state, um, public servants to have this, yeah, addition like to be included into the bill. Yeah, but eventually they just did it. They had to because the labor really wanted it, right? So they they had to concede. Reed had to concede eventually to get. Wait, over. you're saying that he left? Spoiler alert. He so what's <laughs> so what's left? left because he couldn't get this over the line. Reed comes in. He's like, I'm going to be stalwart on this. I can't and stop it. He's like, I can't do anything. He's and like, he's I'm going uh, to be, I'm gonna have to make concessions. Which uh, is part of fucking doing the job, man. Come yeah. On. Anyway. But I get. I guess um, you're young. you got a whole bunch of guys who go, no, you need to make your mark. We, we need to make our mark. We can't, like, we can't, we can't 
compromise on our first outing in a federal government in the world. Like, yeah, we've got to be strong in this. Be, you'll be weak forever, kind of thing. I think so. Yeah, it's, it's, you, we go into the prison yard for the first time. You get a bit of. So I guess that's stressful. You think your own party's like, nah, just stay, stay yeah. strong. And so you kind of had to be that that linchpin. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not in politics, but it sounds kind of fun. Doesn't? I don't know. If I didn't have to do as you know. No, if I don't have to write bills or anything. Would it be fun? Like, everyone wants to be... Prim- well, actually, not nowadays. I think, you know, like when we were growing up, everyone would be Prime Minister. Dude, I would be Prime Minister. I don't, here's why. I don't think they do a lot of actual work. I think they do a lot of briefings. It'd be so boring. And they make a lot of decisions. But... Wartime Prime Minister, though. No, nah, because you've got to do the same amount of work plus have a war. No way. But I think it would be where... so hard. It's like... It's like... Um, Bush taking over from Clinton just at, like after the World Trade Center tower, like the you know nine eleven happened, that would have been annoying, right? Clinton didn't really have that many things going on during his presidency. What are you talking about? They planned the whole thing, dude. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Like uh, Jeff Hill can't build steel beams. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a controlled demolition. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, was it building, how building seven? Come on. Yeah, Building 7. Yeah, I don't even know. The, the other building that just collapsed? Yes. Um, anyway, so let's... let's so where were we? Watson, we're at, he's, uh, he's on the train back yeah, He's on the train. All right. Yeah. So wait, he just gets back on the train, <laughs> right, like, by himself? He's just like... Let's imagine that. I just imagine he's... Imagine that like, train red... What, what song you're listening to? Is he just giving up the prime ministership? What are you, what are you putting on your... Uh, your, your your uh, um, turn of the century iPod. Do you know, La, I, 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 this is my go-to song when I want to like feel better about my life. Um, it's maybe tomorrow by. Um, I just can't. It's the only song of this band that I even slightly enjoy. So I don't know what. Are it's you called. listening to like, like something that will like make you feel better, or are you, ma- are you listening to sad songs? It's a sad that kind of feed song. into. No, no, no. I, it's not. If I want to, like, I'm not, not. This is not a mood of self pity. Um, maybe tomorrow. Who does that? By like, Stereophonics. Um, what's sorry, what's sorry, what's it called? Maybe tomorrow by Stereophonics. But it's it's like don't get me wrong. I've had I'll I'll listen to a song to self pity every now and again. But the this song is like it like starts off sad and slow, but it sort of gives you this like final boost. Um, it came I. The first time I ever saw this movie was it when um, I was visiting Dad and Megan on a like school holidays. What, and it was, what movie at, is that? It's at the end. It's in, it plays in the credits of. Do you remember that 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 run of independent not independent movies but movies that was like a bunch of interconnected stories, just dramatic dramatic movies interconnected stories like Called Crash vignettes. Crash. Yeah, I think this one was Crash and. Um, oh, Crash was such a bad movie. Was it Crash? Um, but who does that? Who like gets really sad and it's like I'm listening to some music and they like they listen to like a happy peppy song to like make them feel better. Like, yeah, like that shut sounds up. that sounds so like a psychopath. Yeah, like, really, like, shut no up. You don't need that. Yeah, listen to that when you feel better. Like listen to something sad, like just to make you feel real. Like make you feel like you're part of something, right? Yeah, for sure. It's so weird, isn't it? So he's, yeah, he's on the train back home. What's he? What's he thinking about? Yeah, what's he uh, thinking about? He's planning his trip to, I don't know, wherever he decided to go. <laughs> Chile. Yeah, Chile. 
know, Argentina or you know, another place um, he grew up. I'm not sure. I, you know, again, not a, not a whole lot to talk about, but uh, I'll talk about some of the things that came up around his personality. People said that he was unselfish. Um, even in the bulletin, oh, that rag. The bulletin. The bulletin. Did they, Fucking... like, trash someone else that we have <laughs> talked about? <laughs> yeah, they trashed trash Button. They they were, like, they, they gave him the nickname, Tosspot Toby, remember? Oh, yes. Um, I forget Tosspot but they Toby. Were, even though I think some there were some papers that were, like, really like Watson, but I think, I'm not sure Bulletin was the one, but they gave him a kind of um, a glow up here. Um, he said that uh, they said that he was always always gives an impression of personal unselfishness, of considering the cause first and himself afterwards. His ease of manner under all circumstances shows the man of self reliance, but of no vanity. So he, I think he was kind of humble. It sounds like, um, but yeah, not the greatest speaker. Um, and yeah, so like. Everyone kind of everyone kind of forgotten him because I think he wasn't a great speaker when he was in for such a short time. But everyone forgot about all the labor stuff and the fact that he was a foreigner. His secretary was really into him. So Malcolm Shepard, um, he was a secretary for other prime ministers as well. I took He's that like as completely private. different. Like his secretary was really into him. Like oh okay, <laughs> both. But I'm, I, I am implying that um, he was particularly impressed with Watson though um because Watson was a very popular man with all sections of the house and the main reason why he was not more popular outside parliament was because of his retiring disposition which amounted to real shyness so he's just a a, he wouldn't stay out and party yeah retiring disposition that means like retire for the evening yeah that's right right. yeah 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 yeah. so he didn't didn't kick on he didn't kick on and and then he didn't yeah and then he didn't uh get to relate or bond yeah any of them yeah yeah i'm picturing like the smoking room on the titanic right like you know go there and discuss how you're gonna be but masters it, of the universe as uh as uh what's her name says in the that scene in titanic yeah she whispers in the jack's ear now they're going off to drink whiskey and smoke cigars and congratulate themselves on being masters of the universe yeah. i honestly think that is a very accurate if not completely accurate uh quote from that movie I, uh, thanks mom it feels like though like oh this is just exposition i, I don't want to like tell you any other way i'm just gonna tell you as an actor that this is part of the scene like that kind of thing <laughs> it's they just because b-roll it's just them like just conversing you know yeah. <laughs> and they, they made it in the movie um uh yeah you're right though because even his secretary malcolm he said i spent a lot of time trying to convince him that it was advisable to go everywhere he could to meet people because wherever he went he made friends he was an introvert he was such an introvert and and extrovert activities like literally drain him drain him right yeah. so he just can't do it yeah no i like, um, i mean i'm not an extra i'm not an introvert sorry but i imagine that would have been the case um but i think he probably didn't have enough time you know i think it's probably one of those and i'm probably going to say this for more than one prime minister but i'm going to say it now but there was probably a real untapped potential right there like there was just he could, he could have gone on great things could have grown a bit more could have come back in um which he didn't though yeah but a lot of the time it's not about what you know it's about who you know and uh, True. in a in a boys club that the yeah. uh, australian government <laughs> would have been at the time uh i would again i think i probably said this in previous years 
I want to know more about this Mason, the Mason history. How many Masons were in this friggin' in these parties, man? How many prime ministers were were Masons? We don't talk about that as a conspiracy, do we? Like it's not a yeah. It's 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 only a conspiracy in terms of like how much did being a Mason help certain people get into certain positions? And that's not to say that they didn't deserve their position, but mm. um, maybe it's more about who didn't get in based on these kinds of arrangements. Um, because I um, think it's a significant, uh, I think it's a significant talking point for us. And it's also kind of quasi <laughs> quasi conspiracy theory. And I can talk about that stuff. <laughs> um, can I speak on this for a bit? You can try. Firstly, can we, can I, can I just mention this first? Sure. So he was from Chile, right? <laughs> yeah. Born in New Zealand. Oh, sorry. No, uh, Grew up in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, called himself Aussie Chris and was like a big proponent of the white Australia policy. So he's huge into it, man. Like really into it. Like really into white Australia. Like he would go everywhere he would go. That was part of it. Like he was Australian. That's why he called himself Aussie Chris. He felt like he was part of the country, the white part of the country, right? Yeah. White part. Yeah, but okay. like it was just... Like he, I think he was overcompensating because he knew that he uh, he wasn't really part. Like he wasn't, he didn't really fit in. Probably, yeah. Who wouldn't feel a little bit of an imposter syndrome, particularly if your constitution specifically states, which I think it may, that you can't be a um, you can't be prime minister if you were born in a foreign country. And yeah. again, he looked pretty sure that was in the constitution i don't think that came up uh, like later I surely like that's that been could have been a thing passed at some other point but well, sorry this will come up later though we've like we've had a huge constitutional crisis around that dual citizenship oh more with, recently with with not prime ministers but ministers so oh that's right and people had to step down yeah so some fucking, arguments people being like so oh, i didn't know my parents did it for me who the fuck cares man what like, does it matter it doesn't it matter it doesn't fucking matter well, I mean, it does if it's China. <laughs> yeah, that... Okay, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> oh, I would really like it. Maybe China we, <laughs> and Russia. Kind of like the climate, right? Well, it's, well it happened in New Zealand. Uh, that's probably why. Like, they, China oh. China definitely infiltrated New Zealand politics, yeah, for sure. Yeah, look, oh, yeah. look that up. Look well, that up. Just, I mean, maybe we should cut the fact that I just said maybe not China. Um, <laughs> but I did just go to a particular website called... Um, Prime Ministers dash Museum of Freemasonry. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you want to know who, who's who's who was a Mason? Well, I don't want to like skip ahead too far. Well, go go. Th- is there any ones that we've covered that? Yeah. Time? Okay. Watson. The one and only Barton. Edwin Barton. Yeah. Yeah. He seems like a Mason. F- What's it? Federationist Prime Minister and ju- judge was born in Sydney. The son of a blah 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 blah. Let's just talk about his whole history. Doesn't talk about his history in the in the society of Freemasonry. But anyway, um, he was a big, big uh, decision maker in choosing Canberra as the selected seat of government. He, when he, did that get chosen? Uh, early on, it was chosen while he was in, while he was still in. Um, well, either I think, just it, was, I think it was in nineteen thirteen. I think. I think yes, that's when Centauri was but 2013. Yeah. They chose the site then. 
Oh, back back in the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. there was like a number of places they were thinking in, but he really liked like the Canberra Yass Valley, and he wanted to go there. And he was he was very happy that it, that it um, got chosen. Yeah, he actually didn't have a say in where it got to be. I guess they had like a whole committee. Yeah, it right. had to be fair because there was that power play between New South Wales and Victoria it had to be halfway. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he was Victorian and the premier of Victoria prior to Federation, right? Yeah. Well, people think he was so influential in choosing Canberra that they call him the father of Canberra, Watson. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh wow. And you know what's like interesting? Um, and he's and Watson is the, the first, first sub you come into Canberra. Exactly. In, yeah. Oh, I just realised that too. There. Yeah. yeah. I just realised that too because I was like. Oh, that's like the worst suburb to be named after for, you know, having influence, having an influence in where the sea, where, yeah. you know, Canberra was eventually founded. But I think that's actually really yeah kind of nice, and you can't build anything north of that too because that like that's literally north of that is the border. Yeah, yeah, cool. I like that. Godfather of Canada, Canberra. Um, yeah. So that's pretty. That's all we did. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, it. Couldn't get it done. Quit. Was he any good? No, he wasn't good. Um, what do you well, sound like? I don't think he wasn't good. He wasn't given an opportunity, but he did also quit. Um, yeah. But so did every one of the prime ministers before him too. Yeah. He's not alone. Currently, we haven't had a prime minister go the full distance, right? No, they've all just quit. And then it sounds like the next several don't go the full distance. Well, Reed, yeah, and Reed, spoiler alert, doesn't make it, and then you get Deacon, and then, and then Deacon makes a good run of it. This is where he shines, second and third. All right, that's the podcast. Bye. <laughs>